This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This is episode 196. Thanks for your support via patreon.com and email transfer mi'kmaq.matters at gmail.com. you're hearing this before Tuesday evening, October 12th, please join us in person or on Facebook for the Mi'kmaq Matters debate of the four candidates for chief of Halibut First Nation. 7 p.m. Newfoundland time on Tuesday, October 12th, live from Bennett Hall, 11 West Street in downtown Cornerbrook. Featuring the four candidates for chief, Brenda Mitchell, Odell Pike, Jeff Sparks, and Peggy White. Hope to see you there. On this week's podcast, more from our forum in Stephenville on the relationship between Halibut and the Bay St. George area of western Newfoundland. One of the issues we discussed was the opioid crisis in the area and the inadequate response from all governments, including Halibut. We also talked about how Stephenville has been ignored by Halibut in favor of Cornerbrook on planning for matters such as an urban reserve. You'll be hearing from Peggy White, chief of the Three Rivers Mi'kmaq Band and candidate for Halibut chief, Kippen's mayor, Debbie Brake-Patton, Jenny Brake, candidate for Halibut Western vice chief, and Stephenville mayor, Tom Rose. Peggy, what um, what do you think uh, are the, um, the the most pressing health issues in this in this region, in your in your communities? Uh, the Three Rivers community has been in the region uh, in general. Um, it's disturbing um, the situation on the ground right now, um, and it's not just necessarily youth, but it is impacting youth at a, at a vast number. Um, of the opiate epidemic. Um, it's in every community. It's in every family. Every single person knows a cousin, a brother, a sister, someone um, that is dealing with drugs uh, addiction. Um, it's not a criminal issue, it, although it can be, but it's a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. So when you live in communities where there's uh, 50% of the population is over the age of 60 and there's very few jobs, and if there are jobs, there are uh, starvation wages. Uh, there's no facilities left in most of our communities anymore. Uh, you know, uh, our area used to have the slammest baseball we they they could take out the whole Bay St. George. They were great. Um, but there's no more baseball. There's no more um, activities because there's so... Uh, it, it's a depressed state. And so, like all Indigenous communities across the country, um, our stats are similar. Our wellness index is considerably lower than most urban regions and other provinces. So in the... Um, for all these years, they've said it's not necessarily indigenous, but we suffer from the same low education, low employment rates, um, higher drug addiction, more uh, intersection with the uh, criminal justice system, more intersection with uh, child welfare. Um, all of those stats are the same. Uh, we have a much older population, and uh, because of that, uh, uh, there's not a lot of children around, so they're not 
there's not a healthy balance anymore. So it's imperative that we get our kids back. Um, for our community and for all the communities in Newfoundland, um, I have put in a proposal for a 60-day uh, treatment center for addictions and mental health um, out our way um, because you can't repair dignity and self-worth in 21 days. It just doesn't happen. You need a long-term uh, facility and you need to move people into a, a, a safe environment when they get out. There has to be aftercare. Um, but it's, 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 this, it's, it's more than just the drugs though. It's the whole malaise and the sadness from watching communities die, from watching um, your children are gone, uh, grandkids are gone, the schools are down to, you know, in some places under 100 children. Um, and all of those things play into effect. Um, it's affecting mental health on a enormous uh, scale. And, and I've never even heard like where senior citizens are attempting suicide. Um, it's uh, not heard of and it's that sadness because uh, our communities aren't progressing and our children are all gone. So uh, it's, it's a very uh, disturbing uh, thing that we need massive amounts of investment in, in um, moving our families home, stabilizing our communities, uh, making sure that everyone has a veil to the uh, same um, mental health benefits that you would have in larger centers. We also tra uh, suffer from the poverty massive amounts of poverty um, most old, uh, you know uh, senior citizens are living on fixed income they have to make decisions every month whether I eat or I heat the house so we have to make sure that those people have adequate resources mm. and that's not really happening in most places so, so what's the what's the halibut role here obviously uh, halibut doesn't have um, limitless piles of money to right. spend on um, spend on these things and it is um, uh, of course non-insured health benefits do right. provide some mental health uh, there is some mental health uh, uh, funding you can get as an individual yeah, non yes. health you, benefits. you can get 20 you can. sessions a year of mental health counseling and that's fine the non-insured benefits do cover is your medications your prescription drugs um, transportation to and from medical appointments accommodations meals However, the indigenous way of life is usually natural, you know, holistic. Uh, as a primary care practitioner, um, as a chiropractor, the, uh, probably every day we get at least five calls of Halapu members wanting to know if our treatment is covered. So for an indigenous Halapu band that should be dealing with holistic, natural healing, the non-insured benefits does not cover chiropractic, physiotherapy, wrist massage therapy, acupuncture, reflexology, any, any of the drugless practitioners. <coughs> However, the problem with the opioid addiction and the type of needle exchange is the opioids, which is for pain treatment. So we've created a monster. We have this p population that is addicted. They weren't, didn't, couldn't avail of the other drugless uh, treatments out there. So now they're all addicted and which, you know, brings other problems and all of them are, on, are also on like uh, methadone or suboxone. So this is a very, throw good money after bad, yeah. but they haven't really dealt with the problem and they haven't even scratched the surface of how to, yeah. what the problem is and how to deal with it. Granton, if I could maybe just add into yes. what Debbie and Peggy said there, uh, you know, we, they talk about healthcare in the province and it's a big, big budget line item. There's no doubt about it. And we have an aging population. But really, when you think about it in your correlation of numbers there on our population compared to the state of Cornerbrook, 
there's no doubt that mental health is at a pandemic level in this region. There's no question about it. And you're saying as distinct, even more so than Cornerbrook, you're talking about oh, specifically I, about Bay St. George. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that is a correlation also too, that we have a higher level or percentile of indigenous people in the area. So as a community, we've done a couple of things, you know, uh, it's, it's about giving indigenous Mi'kmaq pride, it's about giving people hope, giving people greater aspirations of how their lives are going to go in their journey while they're here. So four years ago, Frank Russell helped me raise the Mi'kmaq flag in Seymour. We were the first community in perpetuity to raise the Mi'kmaq flag in recognition. And with that came a lot of pride, a lot of pride in the people. And then from there, we started working. We worked... Uh, uh, with the Halifut, we work with the people of the Dom, we work with Nan. But Nan really gave us uh, the information and the education about the need. And we've been working with Candace and her group. And working with that group, we identified a program to get money to build a friendship center that would have the necessary services to, to stem the pandemic, to help people in need. So we've got land identified through the town, we'd partner. We uh, got the application in to the federal government, but the big part was we needed about a half million dollars of operational funding. And if you couldn't prove you had that, it was challenging to get an application to move along the file. So with the Diamond Group of companies and their big announcement in the Stephenville, they've committed a half a million dollars, $100,000 a year over five years to help with the operational costs of a new friendship center in Stephenville. And, and we, we just want to keep working. So during, while this is happening, we decided, and the, we have the framework done, and there's been some collaboration that we're, uh, if I'm successful on Tuesday night and being a, a leader in the community, we have a framework that we're going to sign a good relations treaty with our indigenous groups that we're going to provide scholarships, we're going to supply, provide support, but very tangible evidence-based uh, parameters within that framework that's going to help. Because, you know, reconciliation, and this you can't correct this overnight, and but you just got to keep working at it and working at it and working at it and working at it. And I feel there's a lot of pride. The indigenous people in this room can stand tall and feel a lot of pride when you walk around. We never had that 30 years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can I just add one thing? Yeah. Um, Hullabu does have a lot of political clout as the second largest band in this country. And uh, with that political clout, um, there can come, um, they can move forward on files like mental health bringing doctors back into the community. Lots of, it um, uh, was up in Cox's Cove yesterday, no doctor out our way, no doctor. Um, the communities are peppered with no doctor. Um, and, and Hullabu should be using its resources to grab the attention of government and saying, you need to service our people now. Um, and, and to use that avenue um, to help bring some of those services into the community. Mm. Right. Um, I'm go Thank you, panelists, for that. Um, I'm going to go to the next. Uh, I was watching the clock here. So, um, Tom, you provided a segue to our next uh, uh, topic area, which is the economy. 
and uh, you mentioned your um, your deal with the Diamond Group, which is uh, big news and uh, and good news for this yes. uh, for this region. And uh, as part of that uh, deal, Diamond the Diamond Group is getting uh, I think what is it 60 acres of uh, of land um, for development purposes. Um, I think it's the same land Diamond Group is getting some of the same land that you were trying to get Halibu to take over for Urban Reserve. Yes. And I remember you at a council meeting in uh, in Cornerbrook, uh, I think it was not this past term, but the term before, and you came on a Saturday. You were very enthusiastic uh, and wanted to get uh, Halibu uh, in Stephenville uh, to build the Urban Reserve out here on this beautiful, uh, serviced, shovel-ready land rather than on the bog and rock up in behind the new hospital where uh, the plan was, was to build it. But uh, we see that that uh, didn't happen, and the land is now going to be the Diamond Group uh, land and not uh, for an urban reserve. And what we heard at the time was, well, you know, if we put in an urban reserve, it has to be economically successful. It has to go where the action is, and that is Cornerbrook, because Cornerbrook is the big center that's where the center of the economy, and to be economically successful, it has to be in Cornerbrook, not Stephenville. And um, so I think, Tom, that you've had to work around uh, Halibut to some extent uh, in your uh, in your economic uh, development plans out here. Is what kind of partner has Halibut been for you? Yeah. Well, I've tried to work as closely as I can with Halibut and the Band Council, and and sometimes. We use our resources to make offerings, and what you talked about, I'll, I'll kind of allude to, I guess. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, from an engineering perspective, when you take on a project and you do an engineering assessment, Stephenville is one of the best locations you ever want to do civil engineering and civil construction because it's very cost effective. So we have a very sandy loam structure here in Stephenville. So I'll give you an example. When we built our hospital in Stephenville, we did uh, civil land uh, work, construction, built the building for $35 million just to do the land preparation in Cornerbrook for the new hospital cost $28 million because when you're in Pug and Rock, it's very, very costly. And that's why the U.S. Air Force Base picked Stephenville, one of the reasons, and there's several weather but the, the topography of your soil is critical. So I, I felt with Halipu on the urban reserve that they're saying it may never happen, we're, we're landless, and okay, but you keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying, as legislation changes, you keep trying, you know? But I felt that there's three major centers, there's Cornerbrook, Stephenville, and there's Grand Falls when you look at it. But even since COVID has happened, it made you realize that anybody can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And these regional centers have more jobs, more services. And we've heard some discussion in some of the smaller communities. So I think really the go forward strategy for uh, a Mi'kmaq Council is to really start thinking about, you don't really need to go into big centers like Cornerbrook and Stephen and Grand Falls. Start helping out your small centers because you really have a, a deep impact there. And it was evidence here in Stephenville with the provincial government. They put the library headquarters, they moved it from St. John's to Stephenville. They put the college headquarters in Stephenville. So you can do it from anywhere. But I had identified 50 acres of land that I wanted to turn over to Halipu. 
and and I championed reasons and, and I got a business background and I understand monetizing and all that the QDC and all that they want to make money for Halapu that maybe Halapu can help and do more for the culture and and the things we speak about so we had 50 acres which were right on Carolina Drive all your street was there your fiber optics was there your telecom everything was there so it's called like you mentioned shovel ready they could have transferred the land for a dollar they could have started leasing it and doing and monetizing that land. It didn't happen. And, uh, and my, my, how I pleaded to them was, even though we don't, we may not get the urban reserve, doesn't matter. Let's get an indigenous business park going. So my plan is, if, if they don't want to move, we'll move ourselves. We'll create our own indigenous park. Now, it, it will never get urban reserve unless it goes through the ban, but that may come in time. So since the deal has been done on the airport, that 50 acres of land now is with the Diamond Group of companies. They have ownership on that. Not saying that they're not going to work with Halapu or an indigenous group to create a business park or an urban reserve, and I'm sure they will, but I think it was a missed opportunity. and. And, you know, business is, they call it risky business because there's no guarantee. You've got to be a risk taker to be an entrepreneur. But this was very low risk. You were going to get 50 acres of shovel-ready property. And the reason why I really pushed and wanted it, because the earlier uh, evidence that I mentioned and uh, Ivan validated, is we have 130 Aboriginal-owned business. This was 15 years ago, Ivan. We probably have more now. And if we can get this business park going and we can move 10 businesses in there, maybe the town of Stephenville on a good relations treaty could give a tax incentive. Because remember, why are we the lowest socioeconomic region in the province of Newfoundland? It's probably because we're Mi'kmaq and French and we were held back. Some highlights of our panel discussion in Stephenville on the topic, Bay St. George and Halibut, Rebuilding a Relationship. Featuring Peggy White, chief of the Three Rivers Mi'kmaq Band and candidate for Halibut Chief, Kippens Mayor Debbie Brake Patton, Jenny Brake, candidate for Halibut Western Vice Chief, and Stephenville Mayor Tom Rose. And that's it for the program. Thanks for your support via patreon.com and email transfer mi'kmaq.matters at gmail.com Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters Keep up on the latest Halibut election news on our Facebook page and on Twitter at Mi'kmaq Matters I'm Glenn Wheeler Emsit Nogamah